everyone. Welcome to the Cultivate podcast at the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and really glad that you are joining us today. And guess what? It's special guest time. Got Brian Fitton here with us. Yeah, what's up? The CEO, president, director, founder, dominator, crusher of Go Rogue X. Yes, all of those things. And also the creative director for us at the Grove. Yeah, yeah. dominator, crusher, crusher at the Grove. That's me, I'm the crusher. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so just real quick, what is, what is Go Rogue? Go Rogue is a creative agency, and we know that for a lot of businesses, creating video content specifically is overwhelming. So we make that simple and easy and done the right way for our customers. That... So did you, did you learn that elevator? Like somebody tell you the concept of elevator pitch? Is that what kind of like that was? Like you got to be able to do that? Yeah. Did you just crush that? Thanks, man. Congratulations. So yeah. here's the deal. <laughs> so some people who, there, there were some people, I don't know people that would listen to our podcast, but there would certainly be some people in, you know, in, in the capital C church out there that would already be a little bit offended because I've got the CEO of a like a marketing creative mm. person just on a church podcast at all. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of this story. Um, and I was in seminary. And so this would have been in the fall of 2000 when you were how many years old? Fall of 2000. Yeah. I was uh, 15. Okay. That's not near as bad yeah. as what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> so I feel a whole lot better now. So I'm in seminary, already a father of two 15 year old. Mm. And I'm in this class and it was really the only how to be a pastor class. You can imagine you taking 90 hours of seminary and there's one class on how to be a pastor. Anyway, this, this, this woman comes in again, this is in the year 2000 and this woman comes in and she essentially is this artist and she's talking about bringing creativity to the church. And she has made this essentially just kind of this multimedia video with just a, just a lot of sensory things going on, a lot of lights and just kind of blending in just kind of like, you know, old Christian imagery and icons and crosses and crucifixes and in with kind of these new things and nature and all this stuff. And it's kind of, you know, it's just three minute video and essentially kind of promoting a, a, a sermon series and their church and just the, this concepts. And, and then, she talks about it. It was really, it was really, I thought it was really powerful. And, and she's talking about it. And then this guy next to me, he just kind of rolls his eyes and kind of turns to the guys behind him and goes, Ugh, shouldn't the truth be enough? Mm, yeah. So I don't know that I have a question, but maybe I'll get off the for more question. What would you say to that dude? Whew. Well, I mean, I've, I've encountered many of those dudes in my time as, so I, I grew up in the church and I grew up in a very conservative Pentecostal type background that anything that was done in the, I guess, marketing space or something that was different was always questioned. So anytime a new medium comes along, if you're using that, you are, you know, straying from the old path and straying from the old ways, like the hardcore, like well, this is how it was done on the street corner preaching. Like, that's how we should do that it. That church over there, they've got an overhead projector and they're using transparencies. I'm going to tell you something. There was a <laughs> there was a song back in the day, back in the 90s, about not singing words on the wall. Mm. Like, there was a song about it. It was like something about give me the old hymnals, which I love hymns. I am all about the old hymns. But it was very much a 
yeah, like that's a new medium of communicating or or marketing or whatever. And so they looked at it as a negative. It's like, well, I'm not going to sing words from the wall, you know, no matter how, give me the old book or something like that. It was. Can you have a song not in a hymnal and sing it? Like, I'm that's conf- what I was I'm wondering. confused conceptually by what you just said. I think it was printed, but it wasn't in a hymnal, obviously, because it would be, yeah. Here's a sheet inserted, inserted in the back of the hymnal, and like printed. It. I'm sorry, the irony was you lost, were in the, lost on you, them. You were in the middle of a great yeah. point, and I, I derailed it. Well, no, I so I've encountered lots of those people, and I what's crazy to me is I, I grew up with people who were also saying, Hey, I will never have a TV in my house because of it being bad and it's distracting, whatever else. And then, well, we only have TVs because there are you know certain videotapes that we want to watch. And then, well, I'll never have it. And it always progresses to where all of a sudden, well, they have five TVs now in their house. You know, right? It's any new medium. It feels scary, and so it's like I don't ever want to jump into that. And then when you attach Christianity to it or the gospel or any of that, then it's like, well, then now it's really bad. Rather than looking at it as this is a tool, and a tool is very neutral. You can use it for good or bad. So what 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 is it? What what makes it? What makes it feel bad? Like, why is it like, why is, why is a video, why, why is video like, what, what, what is that hesitation? What, what is this thing that makes us say that somehow that this sort of creative branding of, of a church or of Jesus, what does it make? That's it's wrong. Yeah. I think it's the secular view of, because most of the time the world kind of has, and I say the world, right, right. We understand that term. The world creates it. And then so for us to adapt it means that we have lost our way already. Like there's, there's this concept with that and completely rather than looking at, well, art in and of itself was done very well in church art somewhat started in the cathedral and all, all of, all of Christianity, if it, as or Catholicism, like art was kind of, it was provided by the church to the people. This is what you should enjoy. And so rather than taking that approach of like the church should be creating these mediums and the church should be the one pioneering the way it's like, well, we are now we're on the defense. We're not on the offense. We're not on the out trying to change the world. We are now like, we, we like our walls. We like where we are. So anything different feels like a threat to us rather than the opposite approach to that. Yeah. So it's like, like electricity, like you're going to think, bro, what are you bringing? Electricity was that way. Like, like, are we going to bring electricity into our church building? Like, yeah, this is yeah, this is kind of this is kind of always been an issue. So, there's this idea of that a church, that God's people, are supposed to be separate from the world, mm-hmm. and you know, and the people who try to you know put some you know try to try to blend it. It's like okay, we're we're supposed to be separate from the world, but we but we live in the world, and we're supposed to reach the world. So it seems like if we're going to give people the benefit of the doubt rather than just roast them for 20 minutes, yeah, they're, they're, they're wrestling with that. And it's like, well, I mean, I, I associate videos and things with bad, 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 bad things. And it's like, we're being a little too worldly, but again, you can, you can, you can, you can crush that pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, well, and just now knowing the trauma and I think the internet has exposed a lot of people to all the bad that they are doing. Rather, they're standing up on Sunday mornings. I'm specifically talking about just preachers and pastors and thought leaders in, in Christianity. And all of a sudden they're preaching all against all of these bad things. And then you find out, oh, you're doing those bad things behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a little bit of that guilt associated with it. So dude next to you who says, shouldn't the truth be enough? 
probably has some guilt associated with it in order to make that statement of the people who overjudge or jump right. out usually have their own skeletons in their own closet. And and when I heard that guy say, not only did it did it upset me, but the 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 immediate thing that popped into my head was when this guy. Oh, I assume that this guy ends up preaching at a church somewhere. But anyway, this guy eventually is going to end up preaching at a church. Here's what he's not going to do. He's not going to stand up there and just read the passage and sit down. No. He's going to add something to it, but he's going to add his own intellectual discourse to it. Absolutely. I'm going to add my intellect. I'm going to add my thoughts. And and somehow that's okay. And so it really does. It's just like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get too nerdy here, but it's just kind of this, you know, Western enlightenment, post-enlightenment kind of thinking that's like, if I, if I, if I add intellect and thought and logic, you know, that's deep. Mm -hmm. But if I add art and creativity, somehow that's shallow. Yeah. So I think if anything with art, you can't control it because it's interpretation, right? And so there is a, not that you can't control somebody's thought and logic and where they go with certain things. It just seems very calculated. It has an endpoint. It has a definition. But with art in general, it's just conceptual. It's whatever you come up with, right? So you can't really control it. And so I think there is a very much a, well, if I allow you to do a video about the gospel, what are you going to do with it? You know, right. I can't, I can't just be like, well, this is where you're going to go, obviously, because this is the end result. No, it's, it's all over the place. It's whatever you interpret and whatever you can come up with create creatively. And so it's talk about control. I think for me, it comes back to control. It's what is the leadership or whatever, how much control did they want um, of how the gospel is communicated? Right. So I've heard this statement before. So I'll give you another things dumb people say to respond to is that if you have to market Jesus, don't understand Jesus. Hmm. Jesus doesn't need to be marketed. Yeah. Sorry. That was, my, that was me like biting my lip a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, maybe you, you were that. salivating at the idea of getting a response. Like, <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I, I disagree with that because I, because you can bring it back to just even the Great Commission, there was a um, just an influx of people. Like they were marketing Jesus back then. Can I say that? Is that a absolutely thing? explain explain to me what you mean? How were they marketing Jesus? Well, I mean, they were telling people about Jesus in the way that they and using the tools that they had to talk right. to people about Jesus. Um, and so, it's just the advancement of technology. We have the biggest communication shift in the past five hundred years happening right now, right? And so the internet has completely changed how we communicate as humans. And so all we're doing through time is, is we're, we're just now taking the tools that we have available, right? The printing press made it all of a sudden different. And there were people that died because they communicated the gospel through the printing press. And, and that is something that as back then it looked as, Hey, you're marketing Jesus. He printed the that. Bible in common language. It's yeah. only supposed to be in Latin. Yes, exactly. Which no one was speaking Latin when Jesus was around, but <laughs> never mind. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, but just in general, yeah. So it, you you always have this opposition every time there's a communication shift, right? And so I I think it is it is not uncommon, and I believe that whatever the next thing that happens, 
there will be controversy with it as well. Right. Why are you communicating the gospel through this way? You shouldn't have to do that. Jesus is enough, which Jesus is enough, but he also has given us these tools and he just says, go and do, and we are figuring it out and being led by the Holy Spirit in the process. Yeah, you can say that the truth is enough, yet, but when Jesus talked to 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 peasants, he used agricultural and fishing metaphors oh, and yeah. stories. Yeah. And you, you see Jesus adapting the way that he's communicating and what he's talking about. And I don't want to say dumb it down. He's not dumbing it down. He's just kind of putting it, he's putting it on their level. It's like, these, these are things you want to, you, you know what a farmer is. You know what a fisherman is. Let's just talk about a fisherman. Let's just talk about dads and just using these kinds of things. And you see it with Paul too. He would go from town to town and you see just demonstrations, examples of his sermons and to a highly religious Jewish group, he's saying something and then a completely different approach talking to, to more, you know, to Greeks who have a more polytheistic worldview. And so we see this adapting of a message based on the audience. Yeah. Yeah. That would almost be in the marketing world. That is identifying your target audience or your target market. Right. And so it's different in each city is different in each culture is different. And so you're adapting your message completely different to, uh, to whatever audience you're talking to. And this is exactly what Paul says that he's doing. He, he, he very explicitly says it that, you know, to the Greek I acted like a Greek to the Jew I acted like a Jew. Um, I became all things to all people so that by all possible means I might reach some. Wow. I mean, that's, it's in the Bible, Brian. It's a great marketing strategy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we need to actually, we need to put that on our walls here. It's going to be all things to all people at, you know. So that by all possible means, we might reach some. Yeah. So, so what does that mean for a church? Let's stop talking about idiots <laughs> in there and, and their narrow-minded, unthoughtful ideas. Like, what, what, what do you, what would you love to see in our church that we go to or the capital C church in general, as far as embracing art and creativity and marking, like if you could, if you could wave a magic wand and, and change the way that Christians in the church think about this, what would you want us to do to be? Well, I'll start with capital C church. I think we are already heading in the correct direction with marketing and the gospel in a sense, right? So just with the content that's out there, so if we're talking about specifically digital content, um, social media content, that type of stuff, taking the message, the Sunday morning message, breaking it down into more of easily consumable clips, right? To drive people back to the longer form message. And so communicating helpful information because not everybody is going to sit on a Sunday morning for a 30, 45 minute sermon, right? But if we can, in, in the world of breaking it down through 30 seconds clips that somebody can consume that will help them understand the gospel and understand Jesus's love and grace and all that in 30 seconds. Let's absolutely do that. I think big C church, a lot of, a lot of the world is moving in that direction. And I think that's right. And actually somewhat leading the way. So somebody who's in the business space, who's creating content for businesses, I take a lot of inspiration. I encourage my staff to take a lot of inspiration to see what church is doing in the content creation world because they're doing it the right way. And some of what my business came out of was out of the church, just being associated with the church and how we communicate the message, right. the, the overall impact and value that we bring on a Sunday morning. How do we, how do we talk through 
throughout the week about that? How do we bring that information throughout the week? And so when we talk in the digital space, that that is exactly where I think we are headed. And I'm I'm honestly kind of impressed and proud of the church that they have done this and kind of leading the way with content creation. Now we're we're about to hit, we are currently in a pivot, which if we talk about platforms like TikTok, right? I feel like we have own the space when it comes to Instagram, Facebook, that type of stuff that's been out for quite a while. But now a new platform arises, which is TikTok. The church is kind of scrambling of like, how do we communicate the gospel clearly to that audience, which is an 18 to 25 year old range, right? How do we communicate clearly clearly to them? Um, And so I think we're kind of scrambling in that sense of not doing it correctly and trying to adapt to what the world has presented. Um, But that excites me that at least there is something that's happening and at least we're paying attention to it, right? Um, now, I'm not saying that about every church. It's different audiences, right? right. Just, just like there are churches out there that I grew up in that are full suit and tie every single Sunday. That's a different audience than what specifically the Grove is trying to reach. If I walked in suit and tie every single Sunday, not that there's anything wrong, I would just somewhat stand out a little bit, right? Right. And so... There's a different audience, and so there are different audiences on different platforms. Um, and then also, some people read the, you know, they're not auditory learners, so they're not going to be listening to this podcast right now, but they might read the show notes about it, right? And so you're adapting your message for each individual audience. I would say, from the Groves perspective, we have done art, and um, what I would like to see uh, more of is, you know, our mural of You Belong, which came out of volunteers. They said, this is the message that the Grove portrays. This is something that we feel like, you know, um, really shows who we are and what we're trying to communicate. And then all of a sudden, a project gets done and a a beautiful mural is on the side of our building. Like that in and of itself is marketing, but it came out of a heart for what we are, what our community is about. And... I think, again, we're moving in the right direction. That wouldn't have happened, not anything against you, but I don't think that that would have happened 10 years ago. Right. Right. That's just not something that would have a concept of like, hey, I want to get out there with a few people and we want to paint a big message on the side of the building. Excuse me? What do you want to do? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That's just not something that's going to happen. And so I think we are taking those steps and moving in that direction. Um, I I do think we have a long way to go, but... In the digital content creation space, I think the church is somewhat leading the way and somewhat why our business has been successful is we take a different look at how to communicate a message and taking notes from the way the church is doing it, which is super encouraging. Yeah. I mean, to me, just just the simple idea of thinking about here, here is this message. I, I want you to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Not just literally hear it. Like I want, I want your heart to hear it. And to be able to take that extra step and say, how can I say this and in what medium can I say it in order for you to most hear it and to most connect with it? And, you know, I, we, could, we, could just, we could just simply just stop talking about all what you're talking about, just talk about preaching in general. Like, I just, I, just, I just want to say true things near people too often, I think, is the way that people just kind of approach, you know, Bible communication, church communications. Like as long as I say true things near people, I can check the box and say, I, I did it. And then and then we can over-spiritualize it and say, well, the Holy Spirit has to do the rest. Or we can just blame the audience. Well, God, my, I can't help that they weren't listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, this is a terrible reference. 
the the Simpsons meme with Principal Skinner. Have you ever seen that? Where he's like, "Am I out of touch?" And he's kind of pondering is no, it's the children that are wrong. <laughs> and so people would just kind of use that meme of just kind of like, you know, just kind of people who always are able to justify their own out of touchness. Mm-hmm. So a church fails in its ability to communicate. It's an audience problem. Yep. Yep. And I just want to thank you just for your creativity and your leadership and just kind of helping us individually as a church and helping me personally just broaden my idea about that to kind of move just beyond just you think about communication. Well, you just got to make sure you got a little transparency in your sermon, make sure you got a little humor in your sermon, make sure it's applicable, which are great steps. I recommend those to everybody, but just even, even beyond that, just like, man, how do we get this? Not just, not just into their ears, but into their hearts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. But I, I, we have an awesome team of volunteers, but also, you know, people even within Go Rogue that have that have a heart for that as well, that want to share that message and believe what what is being taught on a Sunday morning and and know that there are hurting people in the world and there is a message that can help those hurting people. And if if you don't have a heart, and this is goes for any business, if you don't believe in the product that you're selling, it's gonna be really hard to sell it. And people will sniff that out that you're not authentic about it. Right. And so it is very much in the, especially in the church world. If you don't believe, if you're just trying to pad the numbers, you're just trying to, you know, gain that audience or whatever it is, or even uplift a certain individual, um, that, that has negative effects and people can see that. And I think that's somewhat where the church has gone wrong a lot of times. And even companies, you, you boost someone, a, a, you know, Jeff Bezos or somebody like that, all of a sudden they are Amazon. They become the face of Amazon. Right. That's not good. Not that Jeff Bezos isn't, I mean, he's a fine looking guy, but I'm just saying like, that's a. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Put that in the show notes, will you? Jeff, Jeff Bezos is a fine looking guy. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, I'm in a more of an Elon Musk guy myself, but I'm just saying like, you, you, <laughs> I, we've lost the thread. We're, we're going down a terrible path right now. I'm just saying whenever a company we, we elevates. <laughs> When a company elevates somebody too far or the brand becomes about that one person, you run into trouble. And that's exactly what, where the church has gotten in trouble with using the tools that are very neutral. Again, right. tools are neutral. Money is neutral. How it, What we do with that, mm, that's, good. that's where we get into trouble. And so um, if you don't have a heart behind what you're doing to for your audience, for your people who are hurting, for where you're trying to make an impact and serve, if that is not there and it's all about well, we got to make sure our brand looks amazing. That's where the marketing gets in trouble. Mm, and it, it will work well. Honestly, you can do really, really well for uh, for a while, but it will hit a point to where that will that will become the idol, that will become the goal rather than helping those people and serving those people. That's great. And hey, thanks so much. That was that was that was that was a great word, man. Even the um the the which which um, billionaire you find more attractive? Exactly. That was actually really good stuff too. I, I can I can I tell a joke real quick? You tell jokes all the time. Can I, there's a there's a meme. I, I'm just gonna associate this because I think it's hilarious. We can cut this out, Jacob, if we need to. He's already shaking his head. <laughs> there's a meme that says if you work really hard and you get good grades in school and you go to college and you get an awesome degree and you get a job at a company and you work work really hard, you know, up the ladder, build your four hundred one k, do all the right things, one day your CEO can go to space too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. 
It's good. I like I, I like that. I That's like that. Fantastic. All right, so I'm gonna try something new here now. When I'm uh, gonna start having guests on some of these, I'm gonna ask you three questions. Oh man, what's your Let's favorite? What's your favorite movie? The Matrix. The Matrix. I love The Matrix. Uh, what do you feel about Matrix 2 and 3, the ones that have already come out? Not okay with it, but the fourth. You're excited about number four. As far as I'm concerned, 2 and 3 excited. don't exist. Yeah, they don't exist. I love them just because they are a trilogy and you just, I'm a pure, like, I just the whole story, if you look at it all, it's okay. But no, it's not. 2 and 3 are pretty rough. 2's better, but 3 is, three is the story oh, out of so, my brain. So rough. It was way better. All right. What's the last show that you binge watched? Last show I binge watched. Ooh. Mythic Quest. Yeah. All right. Let's pretend I'm really old and may like, I thought I think there's like a 2% chance. I think there's like a 2% chance he's going to say something. I don't know what it is. Uh, what, yeah. is what is Mythic Quest? Uh, Mythic Quest is an Apple TV plus show about a company, a video game company. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the, the owner and CEO of the company he has a lot of ticks that remind me of myself. And so mm. it's very interesting to watch him and the exaggerated position he has and the effect that it has on his team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite playlist on Spotify? Mm. <laughs> you bet, you bet this, um, I have one that's a good one. Uh, the second one would be... Uh, <laughs> I have one that's a good one and here's the second one. Okay, great. <laughs> So I'm a John Mayer fan, and so I typically get a little bit of like John Mayer, but also Jack Johnson. Okay, I'm your cliche white guy. I'm like I well, enjoy well soft well rock beach music. There we go, Christopher Cross. You don't yeah. even know who that is. I don't know. There you go, <laughs> Mystic yeah. Quest. Hey man, we'll say Brian. Thanks so much for for joining us, and as all you guys, thanks for for being with us here on the Grove Church Cultivate Podcast. And as always. We'd love to see you on a Sunday. You can check us out at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. And if you live in Northwest Arkansas, we'd love to see you. Or you can join us online. We're always streaming our services every week. And again, thanks for joining us. 